Hi, and welcome to Wasted Takes episode 122, the 2019 horror movie 122 episode. I am Trey, joined as always by Dylan, Tucker, and Cam. How are we, gentlemen? Living the dream. Doing it fantastic. I'm not living the dream. I'm feeling a little cruddy. I have a sore throat, so (coughs) I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk as much as I'd like, especially this week when I have a lot to say, but uh, we'll get right into it. Winners and losers. All draft takes outside of one, losers. Um, My take that Kenny Pickett would go top uh, three or whatever it was to the Texans, I think I said, that's an L. Uh, Tucker's take about the Patriots taking Devin Lloyd, that's an L. Um, I feel like, uh, were there any Malik Willis takes? Cam, did you make a Malik Willis take? Yeah, I said the Seahawks were going to trade down for him. Not only did they not do that, they had an opportunity like three rounds. So. Yeah, that's an L. Okay. Um, anybody else got any other loser draft takes they can remember? Um, Patriots going defense first round. I think I made that take. L. I mean, just our picks in general. Our picks in general, L. Yeah, we'll Besides get, Garrett Wilson. We'll get to that. But, we'll get to that. But the big winner of this draft take extravaganza was Dylan. Dylan told us early on, like a month or two ago, Kenny Pickett going to Pittsburgh. Nailed it. Um, I picked him in the mock, and Tucker had Garrett Wilson. So our mock draft was two for 32, with Tucker and I tying for first place on that one. Um, weird year, though, with all the trades and stuff. But... Dylan, congratulations. A big, big winner for you there. Yeah, you know, I watched a lot of college football this year. I knew the situation in Pittsburgh. I said, hey, small city, small hands. That's a good fit. Um, Let's go. Can he pick it to Pittsburgh? So I'm happy with it. Um, In terms of our poll, I'm taking home a point for my KD Stinks take. People agree with me. He will never win another championship because he doesn't have three Hall of Famers on his team. Um, Loser was Tucker. Um, So I'm strengthening my lead with eight. Dylan and Cam tied with four. And Tucker down at the bottom with two after losing the point he won uh, last week. Um, Anybody got anything else before we jump into wasted takes? Nope. Does anybody want to start? I will. Okay. Mine is based off of a take that's happened in the past. Another one of Cam's take. I'm ripping him off again two weeks in a row. Cam famously, maybe two years ago, had a take about Trey Young being the next Kobe Bryant. Now, I think that's blatantly false. I said it at the point that was blatantly false. But I have found the next Kobe Bryant in his work ethic, his determination, the way he talks, like the way he talks shit openly, the way he doesn't back down from anyone. It's John Morant. John Morant is the next Kobe Bryant. That's my take. I don't like these takes that this guy's the next this. Why can't he just be John Morant? Um... I mean, he's a great player. He's very electric to watch. I don't, I haven't watched too much of him. Is his game at all like Kobe's? Like, that's my biggest gripe with the Trey Young thing. It's like, you could say a guy's like Kobe in his mentality, but I'm talking about like their game. 
Is his game like Kobe's at all? His mid-range hasn't developed yet, but Kobe, young Kobe wasn't really a mid-range shooter or anything like that, you know? Kobe was at the basket, dunking on people, like that kind of dude. And that's why I see him jaw kind of right now. I mean, I like John Morant. I think that he is going to blow out his knees by the amount he draws contact. And he's, he jumps very high. Um, I like his dad telling him he plays trash. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know about this take. I, I don't know about the, I don't, I didn't like the Kobe comparisons with Trey and I don't like the Kobe comparisons here. I want to this Kobe be Kobe. I'm going to say, no, he's not done. Cam, you were called out in this take. Any, any thoughts? Yeah, I knew it was coming. Um, as soon as you said you had another comparison, uh, I, I, don't think this is the case just because it's Trey Young. Um, give it a few years. But uh, Jaw's really good. Don't get me wrong. He doesn't play like Kobe. He's He attacks more rather than able to make plays off the dribble step back like Kobe did. Um, <coughs> so I, I don't see it myself. I think he's very good. But he's got his own good. Dylan, any say? I think I'm with you, uh, Trey. Um, I think uh, I'm kind of done with these. You know, this guy's going to be the next this guy, like you said. Um, it's literally impossible to become like an exactly like another icon like that. I don't really understand what it means to even become the next Kobe. So I think it just doesn't make a lot of sense in general. Um, is he good? Yeah, maybe. Um, does that mean he's going to be, you know, a superstar? That could be, but does that mean he's going to become Kobe Bryant? Uh, no. So, yeah, I'm going to disagree on that. Sorry, You're right, I was, Trey? I was, yeah, I was, I was quick, quick, quick grabbing my, there. I I was grabbing my food. I was just waiting for somebody to keep talking, but I guess we're done with that. That was an easy one. Um, I'll, I'll go because I'm going to have to grab my food in a second. So, okay. Um, all right. So, obviously, NFL draft. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably know I wasn't too pleased with what the Patriots did. Uh, I'm going to stray away from talking about the first round pick because I'll get into that uh, when we cover the draft. <clears throat> but I will talk around this, about the second round pick. Tyquan Thornton they took. They traded up to get him. Um, and they actually had a decent, they had a decent, uh, understanding of the draft board because they, there was a run on receivers right when they traded up. They seemed to know that receivers were going to go. They traded up to pick a guy that was supposed to go in the third or fourth. So I'm not going to give them too much credit, but anyways, they took Tyquan Thornton right after him. Um, two picks later, George Pickens to the Steelers, then Alex Pierce to the Colts, then Sky Moore to the Chiefs. So basically, four wide receivers taken and five picks. Um, I can promise you right now that Tyquan Thornton will be the worst of these four receivers. Um, a, because the Patriots haven't drafted a good receiver in 20 years. Um, B, because the Steelers drafted Pickens. And the Steelers draft good receivers all the time. Now, George Pickens fits right into that Steeler 
uh, wide receiver thing where he's got some character issues, but he will definitely be a stud and he'll run himself out of town in about two years, three years. So give it time on that, but he will be very good because the Steelers can identify wide receiver and see because they took a guy that wasn't slated to go till way later. And I'll touch on that again more, but I can promise you right now of George Pickens, Alex Pierce, Sky Moore, and Tyquan Thornton, Tyquan Thornton will be the worst. I'm going to jump in on you there. Number one, Trey, put some respect on Julian Edelman's name right now. Take it back. Say, sorry, I made a mistake. Julian Edelman was drafted by the Patriots in 2009. That's my mistake. I'm waiting. Okay, well, he was he was a quarterback. I mean... He was drafted as a utility player. He was exactly. Yep, you just proved my point. So he wasn't drafted as a wide receiver. So there you He go. was drafted... As a utility wide player. Receiver. We drafted a wide receiver. He was drafted as a utility player. Um, but okay, go ahead. It's okay. So you were wrong, but um, it's okay. Everyone makes mistakes. But going off that so fast, this guy runs 428 at the fastest 10 yard split in <coughs> combine history. That raw talent is awesome. Okay. Right? Like, we complain constantly that his team doesn't have enough speed. They don't have that guy that could make separation like that. You got him. Last time they had Nikhil, who wasn't as fastest but had the strength, and like you thought, oh, he can take those 50 50 balls. Doesn't work in the NFL. Guess what does work in the NFL? 4 2 8. 4 2 8 works in the NFL. Now that you can get. I, oh, I actually like this thing. I, I just don't validate like someone's ability by what a Mac mock draft says about them because at the end of this day this isn't Madden so like the stats aren't the stats you know like how someone plays is just stupid like you can't depend any base anything off of just what a mock draft has them at. I just don't buy it I don't think that these guys that you're like oh well he's projected in the fourth round or he probably wasn't getting drafted in the fourth round if they trade up pro he's probably going in the second round okay well let me just address something because yes, I'm happy that they got a fast guy. Like I'm not going to deny that they need speed and I, you know, wanted speed, but you know me, I am not always for just the fastest guy being picked. Like I said, you can be too fast. My, my biggest thing with him is his three cone drill was bad. It was 7.25, which is bad. Um, so that means this dude can just run in a straight line. He cannot run routes. He cannot make quick cuts. He cannot run routes. He can run in a straight line. This sounds like the exact thing everyone said about a guy named DK Metcalf. Remember him? You're correct. You're correct. And I wanted DK that year. But DK was also fucking huge. Like, he's big. So, like, he has the physical traits of being able to go up and get those jump balls. This kid is as skinny as I am, and he can't cut. So, he's just going to run in a straight line. Sure, he might get open a few times. We don't have the strongest armed quarterback in the world. I can just promise you that, and 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 I can just promise you that the rest of these these kids are going to be better because they cannot identify talent at the wide receiver position. They just can't do it. Uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I like I like him. I like him a lot. I want speed. He's fast as hell. He's the fastest guy in the draft. Why wouldn't you want him, Dylan? What about you? Um. So. I feel like I'm sort of with Trey here. Just it's the rule of uh, like thing history repeats itself. 
Um, drafting wide receivers always or has recently been a struggle for the Patriots. So I think if they drafted anybody, uh, regardless, you you could be you could have doubts. Um, also, the fact that he went early than than expected, I think, is not a great look. But sometimes Belichick does have that ability to, I think, maybe get some good talent. I mean, I don't know. It's maybe that's just like a a thing that we believe that he's good at. But I don't know. Uh, it remains to be seen. We will figure out in the coming years. Um, all in all, I don't think it was anything spectacular draft class for the Patriots. But I mean, I was I was really expecting much picking halfway down the line, and um, then they traded a, a pick to go further down and everything like that. So, um, yeah, I think I, w- I, I think I would agree with Trey just based on history. Cam, how are you? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know who any of these guys are, to be honest. Last year, That's we also were, true. Yeah, we were all a little bit more informed. Um, I haven't watched any tape. Don't know anything, but Trey, it's funny that you're – oh, no, Trey, you were on the – Side that he's not going to be good, right? Correct. That's my take. He will be the worst of the four wide receivers drafted in that five-pick span. Okay, so that rings true with your theory that too fast, not going to be good. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't have an opinion on it, but Patriots are not good at drafting wide receivers at all. So I will agree. Alrighty, who's going to go next? I can go. Go ahead. So I'm going to not so much piggyback off of Trey's take from last week by Tony Durant, um, but it is somewhat similar. Um, it's it's geared towards Kyrie, and I, I don't think Kyrie is ever going to win a ship. And I think he's kind of coming to terms with that. He said after they lost to the Celtics, like, they're young, this is their moment, which is basically saying my moment's over. So I'm going to go ahead and say that within the next three years, Kyrie is going to retire. He's going to be out of the league. He knows his time is done. I wouldn't be surprised if it's in two years. Uh, I'll give it three, though. He's he's done. Um, I can see an early retirement for Kyrie. It kind of is on brand for everything he's done. In his career, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of him. I actually hate him. Like, I don't hate many players. I hate Kyrie. And he's just so talented, but he's such a head case. I could totally see him retiring early. Just, like, probably say, like, something about, like, the, like go the football out, like, the damage on my body isn't worth playing anymore or something like that stupid. Does it make sense for football where you're getting hit 24 times? But he's going to make that same comment for basketball or something. Yeah, so I uh, I would kind of also agree, Cam. I think the clock's ticking. The guy's a nut. He's giving me um, Antonio Brown vibes. Um, it's like he's he's trying to become like bigger than the game, and like it's, you know, it's all about it. It's like you can only take uh, it's like a player. See, like they can only not be. Uh, so committed to the sport in, in, in some it, it, I, I, God, I can't articulate what I'm trying to say. Like, um, he makes himself, you know, 
he worries about himself outside of playing the sport. And I feel like as a player, no matter how insane you are, you can't really do that for too long or else you like actually go insane. So I think uh, he's um, teetering on that edge. Uh, and within a few years, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out. Um, it also seems that, you know, people have to, in the NBA, people have to like you to want to play with you. And it's, I, I feel like he's not um, getting a lot of cred around the league from the other players. So, uh, yeah, I would agree. Cam, I um, 100% agree with you. Uh, this is a great take. Um, and I'll tell you why. He doesn't love basketball. Uh, it's pretty painstakingly clear to me that he doesn't love basketball. Um, he is constantly talking about how, you know, people in the media are taking advantage of him. Blah, blah, blah. He went on a big rant this week about how, about how that's going on and how P, his name's being dragged through the mud. And he just doesn't care. He doesn't care about work. He doesn't care about his job, which is basketball. If he loved basketball, he would have done what he needed to do to be on the court, um, and taken care of that and been there. And he cares about himself he cares about his image he cares about um you know being seen as this great vision of what a, an athlete can be as as like a as like a social justice whatever he doesn't care that much about basketball um and as time goes on it's just been, being more obvious to me that he doesn't want to be in the league he wants to be doing whatever he's taking the money still it's not like he's forfeiting his paycheck for not showing up to work. He's just not showing up to work and make money and make money off it. Um, and him saying that this is these guys' windows, and then this Twitter rant this week about his name being dragged through the mud. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think he'll be out of the league in three years. Totally agree. Uh, Dylan, you got a take for us? Uh, I do. Um, so this season. MLB season, we have seen a lot um, of uh, like fights, bench clearing, brawls, people getting pissed. Um, I, I don't know if it's more so than other years, but there's more so uh, chip bags being crinkled in the background here. So I don't know if you're picking that up. Uh, what? I don't hear it. Um, okay, never mind. So just, I couldn't think. So. That's been happening in baseball. Um, the the main reason is a hit a batters getting hit um, repeatedly, sort of, and uh, and tempers flaring and umpires throwing people out. Now, people have been uh, saying that the reason for this is uh, like like some some players, a lot of coaches are saying that it's because of the baseballs saying the baseballs are harder to grip for two reasons. One, the, the seams on the ball are reduced in recent years, so it's harder to get a feel on the seam. And two, they're getting rid of the sticky substances, so all the players are complaining, well, I don't even want to make it appear that I'm using a sticky substance. Ergo, I was using one, and now I'm not, So, but I don't want people to think. Um, and now they're trying to throw the ball as hard as humanly possible still, but like, like they always were, but now they have no control. They're hitting people. Uh, fastballs are high and tight, and uh, guys are getting hit. Some dude, I think it was Pete Alonzo, got his helmet broken the other day a few weeks ago. Um, so 
I think, um, like we've had a take before about sticky substances. Like I think the league is going to allow sticky substances. That this is not this day. I think uh, Rob Manfred understands that this is actually a good thing for baseball. He doesn't care about the players. We already know that from all of the uh, off-season owners versus players debates. But he knows that tempers flaring, people getting hit, brawls happening is good for ratings. It gets people engaged. I think he's going to actively make sure that this remains the same. And it's uh, a trend we're going to see for the remainder of the year uh, with no resolve. There's going to be no allowing of stickiness. There's going to be no attempt to make the balls easy to grip. They're going to stand by this. And it's because Rob Manfred thinks it's good for the league at the dispense of the safety of the players that dudes are getting hit and tempers are flaring. Which, honestly, I don't hate either. But I think that's his mindset. That's the so it's just that he's not going to make any efforts towards player safety in terms of I balls? I guess, yeah, in terms of the balls. Okay, well, um, I don't think he will. I agree with you, and I don't think he should. Um, I'd rather have a fair game with maybe some potential for injury than a not fair game where it's just strikeout, strikeout, home run, strikeout, 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 home run. Um People are going to learn over time how to pitch again without using spider tech. Um, they used to be able to do it. They'll be able to do it again. Um, if you get hit, you get hit. Like, hopefully it's not in a bad spot. A lot of times, they're probably not trying to hurt you. You know, they're probably just trying to play the game. If they are, if, you know, you just cleat a guy in the field and then somebody throws one at your dome, that's on you. Um, I don't see any reason that a player would be throwing at your head for no reason. Uh, there's probably a reason to it. Now, you can agree or disagree with that reason, but there is a reason to it. So um, don't freak out if you just get hit randomly, even in a soft spot. And it is good for the league. Um, nothing gets baseball trending on Twitter like guys going at it. Um, I don't think they should change one thing. I think they should stay, stay, the, stay the course, and I think uh, that's what they will do. So I agree with you. Uh, Cam? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know too much about what's been going on but I think I'm on Trey's side. I think it's it's good for ratings. It's good for um, I mean getting people there. I, I like watching you know people get hit. I like watching fights bench clearing brawls. I love it. So I'm, I'm going to be on the side of if it's leading to that don't change anything. Unless you want to change something in the sense to make it even more violent. And I would like that. <laughs> I've proposed a rule several times to my friends that they should allow catchers to have guns. Um, <laughs> but I won't go down that rabbit hole. hole. Uh, Tucker, what do you think? Um, yeah, let them get hit. I mean, I have all four fights in baseball. Just handed to make it more fun. So I don't see any problem with it. The other thing, too, um, that... I mean, I don't think it really is going to change anything, but if guys don't have much control, if they're trying to throw the ball as hard as humanly possible, uh, maybe overall we'll see pitch speed decrease and then maybe more offense as well. 
but guys are still going to try to throw as good as possible. So, I mean, I think that eventually they'll figure out. Maybe I shouldn't just throw this as hard as I can because I can't hit the strike zone. Right. I mean, if you're just plunking guys over and over and walking guys, you're not going to have a job very long. So, all right. That is Wasted Takes segment done. Let's move on to the draft recap. Uh, as we said, Wasted Takes was not on the ball this year on their mock draft. Surprisingly, the year we paid the least attention in the uh, life of this show, uh, we did the worst with two right. Um, just want to get to your guys' thoughts. Let's start with Cam because this will be shorter. Giants, I thought they had a good draft, at least in the in the picks I paid attention to. Um, they got Thibodeau, who seems like a baller, was supposed to be the first pick before this year. Um, they got a wide receiver. The only thing that I is also Giants, excuse me, coming out of this related coming out of this draft is um, the possibility of Kadarius Tony leaving. But they got a replacement, a tight a Kadarius Tony type. Um, just give me your thoughts on the Giants draft, Cam, and, and how things went for you. Yeah, I loved it. First round especially. Um, I'm very glad that they went Thibodeau first before taking offensive linemen. Um, it just made sense because all three of them were still on the board, the big three linemen, that is. So you have not the next pick, but the one after that. One of them may go next, but you have your choice. So very glad they went that route. Um, I'm very excited for Thibodeau. He seems like he's very excited to come to New York. Um, I heard that he was already talking to Strahan before the draft um, about getting some sort of mentorship from him. So I'm excited for that. And then Neil, obviously, we needed a tackle. So um, I almost like that pick more, Cam. I like Evan Neal. Yeah, no, I love that pick. I just think situationally didn't make sense to take him at five just in case the Panthers took Kayvon. Then you're left with Sauces off the board, Stingley's off the board, and then your your edge rusher that you want is off the board too. So I love the strategy there. And then second round, Wendale Moore, is that his name? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all the second round picks, I didn't know who they were. But apparently he's, um, like you said, like a slot guy, Tony guy. So I don't think they're going to get rid of Tony. I, I really don't. I don't know if I said it last week, but pretty sure that was just a, um, uh, a front by leaking to the media that they might get rid of him um, to get him back uh, to off-season workouts. So, um yeah, the only thing about the Giants draft that I wasn't too excited about is that we didn't get a corner, but at the same time, like I said, Stingley was off the board, uh, Sauce was off the board, so not much we could have done, but overall, very happy with it. Tucker or Dylan, do you have anything to say on the Giants draft at all? I like their draft. I thought it was a good one. I, I mean, I'll get more into my thoughts on drafts later. Um Thibodeau, I know his only thing is that, like, they're not sure his love of the game, which, like, you know, I take everything with that with a grain of salt. They said that about Anthony Edwards uh, when he went first overall, that, like, they weren't sure if he liked 
loved basketball enough. So I take all that with a grain of salt. It's just anyone with any interest outside of the sport, they're like, and eh, does he really love it? Dylan, do you got anything on the Giants? Uh, not really. Um, I the only thing I'll say is that it seems that they uh, um, made picks that were fitting to the team. You know, I mean, they they kind of stayed the course. They didn't do anything radical like some like or kind of weird like other teams did. So I thought it was a pretty good draft. They kind of like stayed within themselves, I guess. Nothing weird like other teams. Let's get right into it then. The Patriots. Um, some people loving this draft for the Patriots. Other people hating this draft. Um, they're getting bashed by the national media. People are saying it was a bad draft. I tend to agree with them. So I'll tell you my thoughts right now. Um, you're at 21. You've got the opportunity to take Trent McDuffie, a corner. You've got Devin Lloyd. You've got a ton of other linebackers sitting there. Quay Walker, I think, was there. I don't remember. You've got an opportunity. No, Quay Walker at 20, I think. No, Kenny Pickett went to 20. Oh, I thought he went. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm definitely wrong. I think Quay Walker was on the board. Anyways, there was a couple good linebackers and a corner when you're at 21. They decided to trade back, um, which I think was asinine itself because you ended up getting, what, an extra fourth-round pick? Whatever. They decided to trade back. Um, Then, you know, McDuffie goes... Walker goes, Lloyd goes, all these, uh, Kair Elam goes to the Bills. Like, it's just seemed like every position, like major position in need they had, they had at least a couple prospects sitting there and they trade back and they lose all those guys. Then on top of that, they decide to draft Cole Strange, who was a third round grade. A lot of people are saying he would have went in the second, whatever. Doesn't make a difference in my argument. Um, Guard. Now, this is insanity to me. This makes no sense whatsoever because, A, you're you're reaching. Why are you reaching for a guard when you could have either used that bundle of picks? They had a million goddamn picks to trade up in the second to get him or just take him in the second if he falls to you instead of actually trying to, you know, take a shot on your pick. I'll tell you why, because you can draft a guard and he can be crap and you can hide him and people won't bash you for it because you're not going to know a guard's going to make a difference like that much. Um, my second problem with it is a guard is not keeping you from being a, a competitor. You can find guards. They found guards in the third, fourth, fifth. They found guards all over the draft that have turned into great players. Shaq Mason, Joe Tooney. Um, I could name, I could, if I had a list in front of me, I could tell you five more names that they've taken guys middle rounds at guard, at tackle, and turned them into Pro Bowl lineman, essentially. Um, so I don't know what their thought is there. Um, I think it's just incredibly weak and stupid. Um, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know how guard like I. And I will say right now, I think this kid's gonna be a player. I think he's gonna be a good player. I think he's gonna be a solid starter right away. I think he's gonna turn into a solid lineman. But that's not going to make a difference when we're getting destroyed by the Bills and they're running all over us and throwing all over us. We can't stop them. It's not going to make a difference. Um, And you had a great guard. Your best player on the team, according to PFF, was a guard that you traded away for nothing. And you brought this guy in. It's just incredible to me that they don't want to... They probably drafted him there because they don't want to pay him and they can have him for that fifth-year option for low money and then they can let him walk. Because they'll just grab another one off the street. Because they can just turn these guys into good players. 
You can hide a guard, but you can't hide when you take a crappy corner. Like, they they are terrible at drafting. And then they go on the second to reach again. And then they draft a couple corners, which I don't hate. And then they draft a quarterback and two running backs. It just seems to me like they don't know what's going on. Like I've said a million times, they've built all this momentum this year. And they've just done nothing to capitalize on it. Everyone has gotten better around you. And they've gotten worse. Um, they If this team played last year's team, I think they lose. Um, if this team... And, and it, it, regardless of the field, like they've just gotten worse. So I'm fed up with this draft. I really think that we are headed for a terrible year. Um, I just don't understand why they're so afraid to make a play in the first round and try to try to draft some actual talent instead of some fat guy you can stick down on the line and no one's going to notice. That's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, Tucker, I'll let you go. Um, yeah, so here's my thoughts on a draft. Drafting in general, I just think, like, saying how well someone did in a draft before anyone played in the NFL is just stupid. Like, yes, of course the Patriots are going to have a different perspective on who the top player is, and so should every team. Every team should have a totally different list. If you're just basing off of what Mel Kuyper decided was the top 30 players in the draft, then you're going to be fucked. So, like, that was... Six quarterbacks taken before Tom Brady. Like, I just don't understand this whole, like, concept of, well, if they're mocked at this in a draft, then they must be the best player. It's just, I don't know anything. I don't know what's wrong. I want N'Kobe Dean. N'Kobe Dean wasn't taken until, what, the third round? I was blatantly wrong. Well, why and do you... there was probably real problems with him. I mean, it's just one of those things where... I don't know anything, so I'm not going to, like, try and place judgment right now. I can tell you now Nikhil Harry was the bust. I can tell you now that. I couldn't tell you that at the draft. At the draft, I thought it was a good play. There's plenty of things that I think are good plays at the time that are terrible plays down the line. But don't you think, like, first and second round players turn into stars in the league more often than third through seventh round players. Am I correct in saying oh, that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's generational talent, but I think the guys that are like surefire hits are top 10 guys. If you're picking at 21, you're not sure what you're getting. You're not, you're not sure if you're getting a superstar. You're not really sure of anything. I, I just, I don't know. So I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to base anything off of what I see in the draft because I thought, Players like Jameis Winston were going to be great in the NFL. I thought, I, hell, I like Blake Bortles coming out of the draft. So, like, there's all these guys that are just perceived <laughs> as, like, great. They get all this recognition in pre-draft and draft analysis and all that, and then they turn out to be nothing. So I'm not going to get fed up now with where players were mocked versus where they went because it doesn't matter. All right, what do you think about the uh, pick? Um, I don't know. I thought it was weird to trade down. Got decent value for losing eight spots in the draft. If they were good, if they like Cole Strange, I understand it's good. If Cole Strange was really the guy they were going to take at twenty-one, regardless, I don't believe that. That's a, a good move. But um, you know, it's one of those things that I just I like them. He seems cool, but I got no real like perception. I've never watched UT Chattanooga play a single game. I know they only gave up one sack the entire time he was there, though, which is kind of electric. 
against high school players, but it's beside the point. I I just um I had a train of thought and I lost it. Uh Dylan, what did you think about it? Um like I alluded to earlier, I think it was a I mean I think it was a little um not expected, I guess. Um at least for me. Again, I don't know many of these guys, but I do know um you know I can understand what a team is trying to do. You know, when they draft guys in certain positions, you're like, all right, this team is now uh, gunning for holes that they have currently that they want to fill as soon as possible to make their team that much better, you know, immediately and maybe the next year. Then there's guys that the teams that understand that they, um, have a few years of development required before they might become an actual contender. And then you can see, oh yeah, this is something that they might want to draft because they have a guy signed for another two, three years and that contract's going to be up. So it makes sense to draft X player here because they're thinking that they might be able to fill that role. With the Patriots draft picks this year, neither of those things sort of happened. So I was a little... I don't know what other scenario you're trying to build for. Maybe they're trying to uh, pick the best guys that they that they see um, at a spot, um, you know, for one spot. But then they also want to fill a hole for this year at another spot, which is which is understandable. Maybe they're seeing that way with the guard position. But like Trey said, they've been very good at. Um, uh, developing guards in the recent years to where it didn't really matter where they picked. Um, so I don't know. It, it feels kind of, it felt kind of like a mute draft. I know they traded they traded down, right? Yeah, like their second pick or something. They traded down the first first um, the first round pick. They traded down uh, eight spots and then they traded up like four or five spots in the uh, second round. Okay, never mind. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know how much to judge it because again, I, I didn't, I didn't spend a lot of time reviewing all of this, but it just seemed like there, it, it, um, again, I'm not expert in this, but it seemed like there wasn't a clear plan in place, I guess, of what you're trying to achieve with these picks. It just kind of, to me, felt like we're just going to pick this guy and that guy, and this guy, this might help, this might help us in the future. I will see. Let's move on to playing games. <laughs> Cam, but, oh, sorry, Dill. That's it. Cam, outside perspective, what did you think about the Pats moves this draft? Um, it's very Pats-esque. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Bill doesn't watch any of the mock drafts or anything um, and just makes his own opinion based on what his scouts say and what he sees. So I think that's what he does. He makes his own list, and he says, this is the best guy on our board, take him. And regardless of whether he was like a sixth sixth rounder, I don't think he cares. It's, I mean, to compare it, what did they take Duggar in the set early second round a couple yeah. years ago? Yeah, another another D two three whatever guy. Um, they they love the small school guys like that. I feel like so I don't know. I I can't say that it was a bad pick quite yet. It seemed a little early. Um, the Rams, Sean McVay. Finding out that they took him. Laughed at that us. That video, video is hilarious of them just laughing 
thinking that he was going to be there at 106. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, it's, it's Pat's desk. He'll, he'll probably be decent. He'll probably start. Um, the biggest problem, I think, and Trey, you brought it up, is getting rid of Shaq Mason in the first place. I don't know. Did, was he a lot of money? Is that the reason? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it was a cap thing. It's still stupid because they didn't do anything with the cap room, so I don't, I don't right. know. Doesn't make yeah, any sense. No, it I, does not make any doesn't sense. Doesn't make any sense. Um, so I'll just say this before we move on. It's not so much. I don't really have a problem with the players they picked, right? I think, I think this guard's gonna be good. I think I I pray this wide receiver works out. I know he's fast and that's good. Um, the running backs seem all right. They got a good quarterback. I'm being told by Cam and this Zappy kid. Um, so it's not really the the play players it's the positions i don't understand the positional picks it, this team building is asinine to me it does not make once lick a sense um it seems like they just have thrown away any momentum that they had this year so re- getting ready for a tough year um can't wait till next year when we trade out of the first 10 picks that'll be sweet um all right more does anybody have anything else they want to touch on on the draft i know we're going to cover it a little bit later so if we if we want to just touch on anything else how about uh, the, the head coach for the GOATs, um, Ed Mar- Marino, or whatever the hell his name is, Coach Marty Daniels going for about 20 minutes on the on the podium talking about Blue Mountain State and everything else. That was pretty funny. I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. Oh, you got to look You gotta look it up. So funny. He just went on for about 30 minutes talking about nonsense. It was awesome. A producer came out and was like, read the goddamn card. <laughs> and he, yeah, and that, he said, that's he said, what I was going to bring up. Yeah, he said, no. He's like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Love it. I'm sure you guys saw the, uh, the make a wish kid for the Giants and the, oh, yeah. The pick. So I, he, I'm not, ever, never mind. I'm not going to share my thoughts because I had it. I had a, a take about it, but I'm not going to say it because I don't want to get yelled at. Um, all right. Let's move on. NBA playoffs in full swing. Um, the Celtics tied it up with the Bucks. The Warriors and Memphis had a great game the other night. Who are the Heat? Oh, uh, Joel Bede's out, so it looks like the Heat might have a free pass to the next round. Um, I'll just give my I'll give my thoughts on the Celtics because that's the only one I'm really paying attention to. Um, that t- first game was tough, and I I think that you know there was a lot of bad luck that they had. Just shots weren't falling. Um, I thought they deed up Giannis pretty well, even though he scored a ton. Um, and last game, the shots were just falling and they were playing excellent D on Giannis. Um, I will say I'm starting to not like Giannis by watching this series because he gets every single call. Like if he, he, I don't know how you're supposed to stop him when he's running full speed, just into the middle and running into guys and they're being called for blocks and fouls when like, what are they supposed to do to stop him? It doesn't make any sense to me. I still got Celtics in six. Uh, Cam. NBA playoffs, anything you want, uh, the Heat or the Celtics or any other any other series. Yeah, I'll start with the Heat. Um, I've watched both games, but I can't watch it right now because I can't get it in my room. Um, but they're up by like twelve with like three minutes left, so hoping we can hold that, take a two zero lead. I did watch very little bit of Celtics Bucks. Um, not too much to touch on there. I watched the whole game last night of the Grizzlies Warriors. Um, that was a battle. The Grizzlies has got some fight in them. I don't really know anybody else on the team besides Ja, but 
I thought they were an overrated two seed, and then they ended up being the T Wolves, and now they have it tied up. And then the other one is Mavs versus Suns, right? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Suns, the Suns have Booker back, and they're kind of playing like they're back to uh, peak form. So I'd imagine they're going to win that series. But I do love Luka. Hopefully he can pull it out. But, yeah, I don't have much else. I'd imagine the Heat are going to win their series. Suns are going to win theirs. I think the Warriors are still going to pull it off. And then Celtics Bucks is going to be a toss-up. I, I've been telling you about the, the Grizzlies, Cam. I've been telling you. Um, Tucker, what do you got on the NBA playoffs? Um. Celtics uh, Buck series is awesome. Defensive battle. First game was kind of a wake up call after playing against the Nets, who are soft going against a team that's like plays as hard as the Bucks, but got right back. Had a real good bounce back in game two. Just solid both sides of the ball. Love to see it. Um, but I love the Celtics team. I love how they play. Like this game, we forget they also were out without the defensive player of the year and they still play great defense. Like they still there. This is a really good team through and through great defense. Peyton Pritchard needs to stop thinking he's a, that guy is my only critique is I just feel like Peyton Pritchard like wants the game to go like to Peyton time sometimes and just shoots at will. And I just don't know why. Like, coming off the bench, he's got to know his role a little bit better. But besides that, I love this team. Any other series you want to touch on? Um, Suns is boring. Grizzlies-Warriors is awesome. It's going to be a battle all seven. It's going to be a battle throughout the series. They clearly hate each other. Draymond Green's flipping off the crowd. And I, all I actually love like, what, I'm I, loving this. I loved what Draymond said. What did he say? I didn't hear what he said. He was like, "I'm. I know I'm getting fined anyway, so like, I'm just gonna throw throw it at him while I walk out. I don't like anybody in Memphis. The city sucks. I'm just gonna throw out the double bird. Like if Kyrie had said it like that, then it'd be like, okay, well, shit, you can't really say anything to that. No, I love him. I I I went. I've gone full circle. I hated him for forever, and now I love him. I wouldn't say I love him. I do kind of dislike him, but I but I respect that. No, comment. I kind of like that. He used to, like he's. A great basketball mind. Like, if you hear him talk, he knows a ton about baseball. Sorry, basketball. Wow, but terrible. But uh, he, like, just a great mind for it. And then just also is just an absolute polarizing figure. And I kind of like it about him. Because he's not like Kyrie, who's like a dramatic drama queen. He just loves basketball and loves being the villain. Um, Dylan, you got anything on basketball? You still watching? Um, I did watch some of the Celtics game yesterday, um, and I was pleasantly surprised to see the comp- uh, um, the response from them. Um, I think it was easier because they were at home. Um, I think it's most important that they, uh, when they travel, they for the next game that they win game three. I think that's very crucial for them in this series. Um, the Bucks are good. And, I mean, that dude, Giannis, right? Yeah. I mean, he 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 would not let that game end. <laughs> like, even though, I mean, the Pats, or the Pats, the Celtics won by what? Like, 
a nine, lot. 18 or 20 something or. I don't know it? the exact number, but it was pretty handily. And, you know, I mean, the guy put up like 20 points in the fourth quarter. So he's a fighter. Um, so it's just going to become, uh, can you stop that guy? And they did very well, um, as a, as a team. So stopping the Bucks defensive or, you know, as a whole. So all in all good showing, obviously they won the game. So, um, but yeah, uh, most important that they win, uh, game three, I think. Um, all right, let's move on to the other league in their playoffs, the NHL. Um, I'll say right now, not a good start for the Bruins. Uh, did they end up losing? Is the game over? It's got to be over. Let me check. Um, anyways, they're probably down 0-2 right now to the Carolina Hurricanes. From what I've watched, they look tired. They look slow. They look sloppy. Um, it's 4-2 uh, to with a minute left. They haven't had a lot of love from the referees, but you can't count on that. So, like, I don't, I don't know what to tell them. They just haven't played well enough to win at all. They have been outscored by Carolina by like twenty six to three this year, or something like that. Now, it's an absolute ridiculous margin. Um, this team has their number. I think it's over for them already. Unfortunately, um, I will say, I watched the uh, some of the Rangers. Pittsburgh game last night, and that was awesome. They went to double overtime. Um, it was insane. Playoff hockey is always fun to watch, even if it's not your teams. Um, but, yeah, that's all I've really gotten in. I haven't been too, too locked in, but, Dylan, I'll let you go first because you you probably have been more locked in than any of us. Honestly, not too, too much. Um, I've watched the Bruins games past their two games. Um, but... Outside of that, uh, I haven't watched too too much. I um, I know there was a lot of uh, physicality in the first couple games. I know there's a lot of guys been fine uh, for some cheap shots here and there. Some guy chopped at an ankle while on the ground. Some guy boarded a dude for no reason. Um, as like interference penalty, getting a one game suspension. Um, it's chippy. It's playoff hockey. I'm gonna try to watch more of it. Uh, as we shit move towards the end of the week. Um, you all right, Tuck? Uh, Angels has tied it up. So, yeah, the Bruins are done, though. I I don't think it's any fault of anybody. They're just old, and they're not, they're not equipped to... They don't have... They don't have the bruisiness that's required for, for playoff and the, and the tightness on defense. Um to stand up to the amount of pressure that you get um, from the other team's offense in, in playoff hockey. They just they just seem to crumble when, when the going gets tough in those regards. So Carolina scored, just, game over. It's been a year it's been many years that this has been the case. So. It's like five to two, I think, or something like five to one. Five to two with forty seconds left. So yeah, yeah it's over. done. They're they're over. So I will say this right now about the Bruins. I think their window is closed. I think it's time to rebuild. Um, I think Bergeron's gone after this year. Obviously, you have a new goalie. Um, so I think it's time to start looking at a rebuild. I think your window's closed. Uh, Cam, anything? Or I'll go to Tucker first. Have you watched any playoff hockey? 
Um, no, not a single second. All right. And Cam, uh, anything from you? Obviously, the Rangers are in it. The Panthers are in it. Uh, anything you got? Yeah, I'm more of a Panthers fan these days. One, because I predict they're going to win it. They're just the best team in the league. But I watched the game yesterday. They lost 4-2, which was kind of tough. Here's my thing. <clears throat> they're the one seed, and they have to play the Capitals, which, granted, the Capitals are an eight seed. They shouldn't be that good, but it's still a best game. And they won, what, three years ago? 2019, 2018, something like that? 2018. So it's going to be tough. I mean, they're down 1-0 right now. Did the Rangers end up winning? They did win, yeah. Okay, nice. I think. So I got, uh, I'll, I'll look it up, but I got two teams in the hunt. I think the Panthers will be okay. Um, just got to score more goals than the other team. That is the name of the game. Um, all right, anybody got anything else before we move on to list, guys? All right, let's do it. A uh, little bit of a different list, guys, tonight. Um, we are doing... The NFL draft, this past draft, best teams. Um, so best drafts, that is. A um, little bit more of a, uh, you know, a, a topical uh, a topical one. So um, I don't really have my list ready, Cam. Why don't you lead it off? Yeah, I can do that. I got mine ready right here. Um, number five, I'm going with the Chiefs. I was on the fence with the Lions or the Chiefs. I left the Lions off. Um, but the Chiefs, they traded up. Obviously, the Patriots, they got McDuffie. Um, and then the biggest pick for them, which I thought was a steal, was the um, DN from Purdue. I can't pronounce his last name. It's like Carapiltis or something Car- like that. Carl Loftus. Yeah, that one. Um, and then they also got Sky Moore. So those three picks are names that... I kind of know. So just based on that, I think it's a good draft. Tucker, you got one for us? Yeah, sure. My number five is the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers got a really good um, offensive tackle at six. It was a guy that at one point people were talking maybe go number one. I think getting him at six was a good pickup. And then I think they need to wait on a QB, which I think is the biggest reason why I like it, is because they wait on QB. They didn't reach. They didn't try and take someone in the first round like I thought they might do. So happy that they waited. Matt Corral could be a good guy. But, uh, you know, I thought it was a good pick. All right. I'm going to go with my number five. I'm going to go with the Bills. Um I like the Bills picking up Kyrie Elam in the first round. Um, they got James Cook running back um, in the second round. And Khalil Shakur, who is a, I think, decent wide receiver. Uh, we'll see how he pans out in the fifth round. Obviously, it's it's not a great look. But the biggest one of them all, Matt Arazia, who is probably not going to have to punt much. Um, so you got what people said was the best punting prospect to come out of, the, out of college in you know a long time. Um, on the team that doesn't need to punt. So I'll go with the Bills here at number five. I think they had a solid draft. Dill? Um, okay. 
Dill, I let you go last to give you enough time. I mean, I don't really know what I'm talking about. So, um, number five for me, um, I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts because they got um, wide receiver, which, I mean, they needed wide receiver help. Um, that was one of their big holes. They got a tight end. Um, another guy that I believe um, is got some offensive talent, which would be good for them as well. They got a tackle, safety, defensive, uh, D tackle, two D tackle. So I, um, I don't know. I just I have. The, the one thing I have watched is I watched ESPN and they did like a ranking of like top, you know, certain teams. I remember the Colts being up there just because they filled some holes. So I'm going Colts five. Uh, Cam, four. Number four, I got the Eagles. Um, they ended up getting Jordan Davis with their first pick. They also traded for AJ Brown. So not necessarily a draft pick, but. I'll count it just because it was part of the draft trade, I guess you could say. Um, and then they ended up getting Kobe Dean, which could be a sleeper. Obviously, he was projected to go a little higher, but some injury issues. Um, but high ceiling, so I think they had a really good draft. I'm going to win the Eagles at four. Tucker. At number four, I have... I just lost it. Um... God damn it. Where is it? You guys are a disaster. The Jacksonville Jaguars. I almost went with them. Jacksonville Jaguars. I like their first round picks. Um, getting Devin Lloyd at 27 was huge, I think. It was the big one. I mean, Trayvon Walker, obviously, I think it's going to be really good. But it seemed like they it was him or uh, Aiden Hutchinson. I feel like he was the right guy. And then Devin Lloyd at 27, I just feel like is a good pick for them. All right, my number four is going to be the Detroit Lions. I really like what the Lions did in the first round. I think Aiden Hutchinson is a slam dunk pick, and I'll tell you why. He could not even be good, but he is a you know hard-nosed guy. Grew up in Michigan, got to be a Wolverine, and now gets to be a Lion. I think he's the face of your defense immediately. I think he's going to look great in that powder blue. Um, those first two – and then Jamison Williams on top of that was my favorite receiver in this draft. I know he's hurt. He's coming back hurt. He's going. He's not going to be available for the, for the first part of the season, but I think he, he is the highest upside of any of the wide receivers. Um, I really like him. I was hoping he'd fall a bit more, but they probably wouldn't have taken him anyway. Um, but I, I really like, I really like those two pickups. I think they're both going to be players. Um, and I like what the Lions did in this draft. They probably will suck, uh, just because they're going to be in Detroit, but I like those two picks. Dylan? Um, number four, I'm going to go with the, the Green Bay Packers. Um, first round pick, they got, uh, Kawhi Walker, uh, inside linebacker. Um, strengthen that defense. Uh, they also got a defensive tackle. They got a wide receiver um, to to fill. Um, well, not fill, but 
to help fill um, their losses in the offseason with what's-his-face. Um, yeah, so, again, another team that filled some holes and I think picked – They, I mean, they had two first-round picks um, and a high second-round pick. So they, they kind of – they got their, their picks in um, after going deep uh, in the playoffs uh, last year. So – or maybe not deep, what they do. They lose early. Anyway, they got into the playoffs. So, they had a NFC championship playoffs. Right, okay. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they went Wait, deep. No, I'm playoffs. sorry, I'm sorry. There's no. Yeah. Okay, so they went deep in the playoffs and still got three picks in the first 34. So, I think they, they made the right ones there. So, I'm going to put them uh, three. Um, Cameron. Number three, I'm going with my Giants. Um, obviously, five and seven. Talked about it. Kayvon and Evan Neal. Uh, I think that was the best possible choice you could have made there. And then the next pick is Wendell Moore. <laughs> I think uh, another high ceiling guy. Um, did we necessarily need a wide receiver? Maybe. Tony is kind of up in the air. Might get rid of Slayton. Don't know what Galladay's going to do. Uh, so it doesn't hurt to get another guy. I know he was uh, giving some high praise at the Combine as well, so I like that. And then down the line, I was reading a little bit about our later picks, and um, it seemed like they filled some needs, whether they're going to turn out or not. I don't know. But we, we checked the boxes, at least. Tucker. Uh, yeah. Tucker. Um, Tucker, my number on. three Sorry, I'm watching the sock because I'm doing this. I thought you Uh, lost another The Eagles. The Eagles, um, their draft was good, but on top of their draft, they also got A.J. Brown, which I feel like was a good pick. Um, I love Jordan Davis. I said said that from the beginning that I loved him. Uh, Just so big. And then getting the Kobe Dean in the third round, a guy that I liked, I was super... I mean, that's a great pick as well. So those two plus A.J. Brown just feels like a huge upgrade on that team. Yep, I'm following suit here. My number three is the Eagles for all the reasons Tucker said. Um, Obviously, um, Jordan Davis is a stud and huge, and um, getting A.J. Brown is huge. And I think the reason N'Kobe felt was because of some size issues or – something like that. It wasn't character-based from what I read. Um, so I think that's not a big concern. You just obviously uh, get a, you know, a, maybe a little bit of a riskier pay- player with a, you know, a lower pick. Um, so I really like what the Eagles did, especially picking up Brown. And uh, you get to pair him with uh, with Smith for Hertz. You can see if Hertz is going to, you know, make that next step or if he's maybe not the guy. Dylan? Uh, number three for me, I'm going to go with the Lions. Basically, everything that Trey said, I just put them a little bit higher. Um, uh, obviously, first pick, um, like Trey said, uh, will be the face of the franchise on that defense. Um, I mean, and you said they're probably going to suck still, but um, outside, even outside of that, um, as you said, um, Jameson Williams uh, is obviously a great pick at number 12, getting two first-round picks. Pick two at Aiden Hutchinson, pick 12. 
um, for Williams is, you know, you can't really beat that. I don't care what team you are, even if you're the worst team in the league. And then even um, down low, down past that, they picked up some guys, uh, again, that fill roles like I think you're supposed to do. So, um, yeah, I think the team will be better. Um, I mean, it's hard to not give them a high pick just because they had the second and the 12th pick. Uh, Cam. Number two, I got the Jets. Um, they had three first-round picks, and they hit home runs on all of them, in my opinion. They had Sauce first, who, in my opinion, was probably the best player in the draft, or at least upside-wise. Then they got uh, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Shout-out Tucker for getting that one right. Um, he should be a stud. We'll see. The Jets tend to draft people, and then they're not good. Um, and then Jermaine Johnson at 26 was huge. There were talks about the Giants taking him in the with the fifth or seventh. So I think that's a value pick. I watched him play it up this year. He was a beast ACC defensive player of the year. Um, and then also they got Brees Hall running back out of Iowa State. Michael Carter didn't really pan out for him last year. Um, so he's going to be able to compete for that starting job. Um, yeah, number two. Tucker. Following suit, Jets at number two. Uh, all the reasons Cam said, plus Brees Hall. Getting that running back in the early second, who was the best running back on the board, was great pickup. So, I mean, that's a lot of good players. They definitely still need offensive line help. But outside of that, they're looking a lot stronger. My number two is going to be the Ravens. Um I think they got they lucked out by having Kyle Hamilton fall as much as he did. I think he's one of the better players in the draft. Um, they got Travis Jones, who was a guy that I really liked, just absolutely massive. They got Isaiah Likely, who is kind of a sleeper guy that I like out of Coastal Carolina, just because I played with him on NCAA. But um, I know they traded Marquise Brown, which was which was a big deal. Um, and it seems like Lamar's not too happy with it, but I think. They got a lot better. I like their run on their fourth round picks. They picked up a tackle, a corner, a couple tight ends, and a punter. and uh, Two corners, excuse me. Um, and they grabbed another running back for depth. So I, I like what the Ravens did um, a lot. Uh, I think their their first two picks, Kyle Hamilton and T- T- Tyler Linderbaum. Um, obviously, you got the good safety that I talked about and then a good lineman that can uh, – you know, help to protect uh, the franchise guys. So I like what the Ravens did. I'm going with them, number two. Cam, number one. Um, number two for me. Nope, Dylan. Oh, Dylan, I'm also, sorry. I'm also going to go Ravens. Um, like you said, Trey, I think they did very well, everything that you said. Yeah, I would agree if there wasn't the Marquise Brown loss. I think he stinks. I think you're, I think you're, getting, you're fine getting out of him. I think, it, yeah, the money cap with that. You're right. I, I think know. he's I terrible. I think pissing off your franchise QB is never a good call, especially um, when you don't let him know. But, like, he'll get over it. Brown was apparent, apparently already knew about it. He'll get over it. Uh, Cam, now you. Sorry. Yeah, number one, I'm going Ravens. Um, you pretty much hit all the points, but I think Kyle Hamilton fell. I uh, got a good value pick out of him. Tyler Lindenbaum, if they needed a center, he was the guy to pick. Uh, Big Ten linemen are always pretty <laughs> solid in the NFL. 
And then Ojabo in the second round, um, he fell a little bit. I think maybe kind of like the Dean situation, there were injuries or something. But I think that was a good pick, huge upside. And then Travis Jones, the huge guy we were talking about, thought he was going to be a first-rounder, ended up going third round. So I agree with you, Trey. I don't think the Marquise Brown thing is a big deal at all. Um, I don't think he's that great. He dropped a lot of balls. So I think overall they probably had um, the best draft. The Jets are very close, but the Jets always set everything up. So can't really trust them. Can't give them a number one in anything. Uh, Tucker. My number one is the Detroit Lions. I love the Lions, and I'm starting to believe myself about them maybe winning the division. They are young and talented. They just, they have a lot of skilled players and a lot of good positions. I just, I'm starting to believe in this team and see that they, they're building something over there. I mean, it seems like they developed some talent, and then they got Jamison Williams at 12 and Aiden Hutchinson at 2. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson was the guy <laughs> they were going to take regardless. And Jamison Williams is an all-star wide receiver. I just think those are two, like, home run hits. And then I'm reading about their sixth-round pick, Malcolm Rodriguez. Guy had a four five forty and a 39-and-a-half-inch vertical. Wow having 300 career tackles and only commit three penalties over four years. I like them. So I just like this draft. My number one is going to be the Jets. Um, the Jets obviously had a lot to work with, with three firsts, um, but I think they picked perfectly. Um, Sauce, I think, is going to be a stud. A uh, little worried about his character. Seems like he might be a little bit more about himself with the big chain. and uh, yeah, what, I, don't, I don't know the guy, so I'm not going to touch on that. Garrett Wilson, who I think is you know a great wide receiver at that spot in 10. And then Jermaine Johnson falling to them was just a gift in their lap. Um, I really like what they did, not to mention Brees Hall, Jeremy Ruckert, too, the tight end, who I think could be you know a solid red zone guy. Um, they did take a tackle, but, you know, you got to worry about the line later. Um, so, I, I mean, they're putting it around they're putting it around Wilson, and now it's up to him to take that next step into his second year. Um, I just – I feel like they're closing the gap on the Patriots now for third in the AFC East. So, um, I'm giving the Jets here my, my best pick just because of that first and second round. Um they got a bunch of studs, and I know the Jets will probably ruin them, but if they figured it out and they don't, they just got four really good players. Uh, Dylan, number one. I'm going with you, Trey, as well on this one, too. I'm going with the Jets. I think it might be biased because I'm paying closer attention to them because it's past division. Um, like you said, closing the gap seems a little bit. Um, I, it, you know... I think as a draft goes, I think they did very well. Um, like you said, building around Wilson, kind of going all in on their rookie. Um, I, I still think it won't really matter for them in the long run because I don't think he's, you know, that great. Um, but as the draft goes, I uh, really can't complain. So I put them at one. I think they did uh, better than everybody else. Uh, like um, Cam said, it was they hit three home runs in the first round. So. I would have to agree. 
All right, that's our draft analysis. We'll look forward to it next year. Maybe we'll be a little more in tune with the draft class next year. But, all right, let's move on to the movie, The French Dispatch. I'll tell you right now, I didn't watch it. Cam, watch it. No, I did not. Sorry. All right, Dylan and Tucker. Uh, Dylan, you go You go ahead. Uh, so, yeah. I'll throw them out to end the inning. Well, good thing I'm watching it, so thanks for spoiling it for me. <laughs> I want to see it now. That was a ball, so it must be the next pitch. Um. Yeah, so I watched the movie. Um, I think it counts. I watched 85% of it before the uh, I got distracted. Then it was playing. I wasn't really paying attention, but it was kind of over at that point. Um, and then we started the show. So I understand the art style of the film. You know, it's kind of it, it's three short stories with an overarching uh, kind of uh, main story even though it's not really a story um uh it's filmed um in an artistic style and i like i went into this movie knowing literally nothing but the title i didn't know anything about the movie i didn't know anything about how it's uh, proceed. I don't know anything about the meaning behind any of it. I don't know why, why it was made, when it was made. I literally don't know anything about it. Um, as a movie goes, I thought it was, it, it felt like something I would, my stupid, like, history for teachers would throw on and have us write articles about, um, or essays about, because it had that feel to it. I didn't really enjoy it. I knew what, um, the metaphors they were making because I understood the sort of the plot behind each segment, but as a movie, I'll give it a four eight. Not a lot of love, Tucker. Go ahead. Um, I like his movies. I like the comedic element of it, um, and I like how it's shot. Like some of the things were just kind of boring. I won't lie, but I just love how his movies are done. So that's where I get my bias from the plots themselves. There is nothing incredible, but I don't think any of his plots are like super incredible plots. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, it was enjoyable. It's not like a rewatchable movie, but it's something like when I see a new Wes Anderson movie out, I'll always watch. It. I'll never be like upset about it. So I'll give it like a seven, The one thing I'll say is I like that it was shot and edited in 4-3 aspect ratio. It was was not widescreen. It was like an old TV type of uh, thing, which is something that, I mean, you don't see many artistic, uh, you know, things like that where it actually affects the viewing of it, you know. So I thought that was interesting. There's a few other things about it that I thought were interesting. I mean, it might be worth a watch, just a one-time watch for portray you as a history guy if you haven't seen it. What's it about? Um, it's, it's a it, it's a collection of short stories, three of them, uh, that are kind of strangely narrated. Um, in, in, in their different ways, kind of by like a bystander of the main And it's uh, got a historical plot. aspect to it? Yeah, one's about like the French Revolution, one's about 
history of art, even though I don't know if that's if there's any accuracy to that story. Um, and then the last one is a is a crazy story, something about a chef and some uh, murders going on. I, I didn't really watch the third one. I kind of got I kind of got distracted, so I didn't really. Oh, well, the third that. one is the one I. I oh, like. No, the second one, the one with Timothy Chalamet, is the one that I like the most. Yeah, I like the second one the most as well. So I mean, it's it's worth it's worth a um, it's worth a watch if you're a history. You just gave it a four and then said it's worth a watch. I mean, it is worth a watch because it's just I just don't. It's not like really an enjoyable movie. It's like watching a shitty documentary from 1993 that you watched in your history class when you were 14. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, my movie, I believe, um, being the Tucker picked last. Let's see. Yeah, my I movie. Mean, no, it, no. it is May Fourth. May the Fourth be with you. I've been watching slowly through the Clone Wars. I have been anticipating the Kenobi series coming out at the end of this month. They just dropped the trailer for it today. Since it's May the Fourth. We're watching Star Wars. We're watching my favorite Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith. Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. It, it hit me at the perfect time. I think I was 10 when it came out. Um, I've see, probably seen it the most. Maybe I've seen episode 1 more just because it seems like it's always on TV. But I feel like I've seen it the most. Um, to watch Anakin fall to the dark side, it's always entertaining. There's always something I catch that, you know, from Star Wars lore that I didn't know before, and then I watch it. So, we're watching episode three. A bit of a crowd pleaser for everyone. Um, all right, that's our show. It takes episode 122. Uh, check us out on our socials. Leave a review on the podcast, guys. We have, like, two reviews, and I think I left one. So, um, leave a review on the podcast. Let's get that going. Um, thanks for getting wasted with us, and we will see you next week. So long. Yeah.